Hello and welcome into another episode of Podcast 63, Summer Episode 4. Uh, we are back. It's been two weeks, uh, but we have some ground to cover. We have uh, a little bit of unfortunate news, which we're going to cover here in a second. Um, and then from there, we're going to talk about uh, a loyal legend playing overseas. And uh, we also have to talk about the first big part of our next season, uh, which is the schedule. So uh, we'll get to all that. But first, Lou, how is your summer going? Are you thriving up there in Gentile? Yeah, absolutely. I don't know if you know, but I believe, uh, well, I don't know if everyone listening knows, but you and I have renewed our season tickets. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, but there uh, seem to be some new chair backs coming in. I've been seeing the installations going on. So uh, um, probably a little bit, maybe less seating uh, in total, but a little bit more comfy. So I'll take comfy right now. Uh, But uh, I'm hoping uh, to see a few more things, but it's looking good. Uh, Loving getting some recruiting news. Got some sad news, but again, it's it's uh, it's about talking about great impact Loyola basketball had on the community and a lot of people's lives. So great to talk about it. Yeah, let's uh, let's just start off with that. Uh, there was the unfortunate news um, this past week that Loyola legend Jerry Harkness passed away. I believe he was 81 years old. Um, for those who might not know, um, he was on the 1963 championship team. He was a the leader of the game of change, um, and yeah, on August 24th, he passed away. Uh, he was um, he played in the NBA as well as the ABA, and um, he was one of the original Indiana Pacers. Um, and as Lou, you can get into this more, but he was a really important character for um, for his communities that he he lived in. So. Um, Lou, why don't you take it away and just tell us a little bit more about what made Jerry so great? Yeah, well, um, I think just being part of the game of change really probably influenced Jerry's life. Um, I got to speak to him a few times. Um, always just a really uh, caring and just genuine person. Um, but I really do think uh, basketball is a huge part of his life. But I think it found him in the game of change potentially and probably even he had it before. But uh, he was such a huge community impact from his time. I think I read an article that said he might not have been from Indiana, but he was one of the few that knew how to really represent the state um, and the city of Indianapolis from his involvement with like, um, uh, I believe, especially being a civil rights advocate. I think that's the the biggest thing. But he worked really strong with groups like called 100 Black Men, uh, which is a big kind of civic uh, organization uh, to educate and empower young African-American men and like children and teens. So to start that at that time, like think this is like the 60s against 63, it's not really a common thing. This is a new thing. So he kind of was a leader there. So I really think it was just great. Um, and then I think it was even uh, amazing to see the, just the impact he had influencing some of the current guys. I, I think you and I mm-hmm. were speaking, but I, he really I resent. I see Lucas Williamson and him, and I see him and Lucas Williamson. However you want to say it. I just think that community aspect of caring so much from also Lucas working on the project about the game of change. Um, you just see Jerry and Jerry just is cared about the team. He was at the 20, he was at the final four. He was in the sweet 16 here. So really impactful all around. So, um, but I think the biggest legacy is more not only winning us a national championship, which I think people will say, yeah, that's the biggest thing he could have done for us. I really think it's what he's done off the court that's left him an, uh, a huge impact, um, not only for, again, himself, but for the community, which was really cool. Just getting to know Jerry, um, again, 
he was honored. The whole team was honored. The 63 team, uh, they met Barack Ob- President Barack Obama. I know Porter Moser was there. So, like, stuff like that, um, it was more about what they did and helped people than really the game. So, But the fact that they were able to use that game to, to kind of – an instrument of change was really cool, I found. So a lot mm-hmm. of great things to say. Sad thing to see. Absolutely sad. But, um, again, just a great, great life to talk about. Yeah, and for those who don't know, I'd imagine a lot of people listening know what the Game of Change was, but just to remind people or to teach people who are new, um, so back in 1962-63, Mississippi didn't allow um, Mississippi State to play integrated teams, so um, Loyola actually snuck out of Chicago to play this game uh, before the game, Jerry and uh, the Mississippi State captain his name was Joe Joe Dan Gold. Uh, they shook hands at center court, which is kind of the iconic image. Um, and they played the game, which, you know, the actual result on the court didn't really matter. Um, uh, as we come to know, you know, here in 2021. Um, but that was the game that kind of started it, started it all. And it was, um, I think a lot of people um, came to realize that they, uh, it was an unreasonable, like, ask for, uh, our demand of the of the state and of the schools but not you know it, it wasn't easy like I don't you know I don't want to sit here and be like oh it's just one game like you know these guys I'm sure tell stories of not being able to sleep in hotels that some of their white teammates were able to or um, classmates or what have you so um, it is like you mentioned Lou like super cool that Lucas is continuing um, or really learning from Jerry and um, I would imagine that a lot of those guys, but especially um, some of the guys that have been around a long time, like Lucas or Ahir, um, they probably, you know, have a actual friendship and connection or mentorship uh, with with Jerry and some of those guys from that team. So, um, you know, just just kind of reading different articles. Um, I saw some some good quotes from from Coach Drew just talking about how Jerry really was a trailblazer. Um, not just in basketball, but in life, um, and that he was not only a all-time great player, but an all-time great human being. And I think that's probably like what he would want to be known for uh, more than anything else. So, uh, <laughs> Lou, I know it's a heavy topic, but um, any last thoughts on on Jerry and just uh, him as a person? Yeah, I think one thing that I, I don't know if any alumni from the team listen to our podcast, but if anyone, I think it's almost something that we talked about last podcast, how it's cool if guys come back and like help teach something or talk about stuff. But it's stuff like this. It's like Jerry came back to a group of kids who probably was their grandfather of potential age. Like all these guys were 18, 19 when he met them, especially Lucas in the final four run. Uh, so I think just leaving a legacy as simple as not just the game, but also what you do after the game or what you do with your, the game. Um, I think that'd be cool uh, to see. I know Lucas definitely will. Lucas is Chicago through and through, but I know there's probably other guys that um, can easily have a legacy to leave or at least help. So well, there's a lot more, there's a lot out there to do. And I think it's really cool that Jerry did it all or tried to do it all the best he could. So great, great guy. To, I met him a few times, but uh, great legacy as a loyal legend. Yeah, I'm, and not to kind of lighten the, the topic here um, or make light of it, I guess. But I, I hope and wonder if the team is going to do something for him this year, whether that's like wearing a patch or 
maybe like retiring his number, uh, which I think is 15. Do I remember that correctly? I want to say it's 15. I thought the whole, ooh, this might be bad that we should know, but I thought the whole 63 team was just retired. Oh, were they? Uh, I did not know that. <laughs> we will we will do research as a podcast that is named after this team. We will yeah. have, we will have to do our our due diligence here. Yeah, yeah, that is uh, that would be a big oops. But either way, even if it, even if their numbers are still retired, um, they should do something spe- special and specific. I think for Jerry and like I said, whether that's like wearing a patch, maybe building a statue. I know that's kind of dramatic. Um, mm, but dramatic. Yeah, but like something to to honor him um, and his legacy uh, and, and the game of change. Like that is really something that is extremely important uh, when it comes to college basketball as a whole. Like maybe the whole like again, this is big thinking, but like if the NCAA were to do something, you know, I don't know. Um, uh, you're right. It is his number is retired. I'm looking it up. Fifteen. It was fifteen, so I was right about that. But um, it looks like. Uh, from the 63 team, there's three three guys' numbers retired, from what I can tell. Uh, John Egan, uh, Jerry Harkness, and Vic Rouse. Gotcha. So, yeah. Um, but I hope they do something special for him in any way. Uh, and they honor his life and his legacy and just how great of a human being he was. Uh, any last thoughts, Lou? We'll, uh, we'll know our Loyola history a little bit better. <laughs> yeah, we got to study. That's for sure. Absolutely. Uh, but moving from, from one legend to another uh, in Loyola basketball history, uh, I figured we'd talk a little bit about Cameron Krautwig, um, who has started his international career. It is just the preseason. It looks like his uh, Antwerp Giants uh, played four games, four exhibition games. Uh, I'm not even going to pretend to know who they played let alone try to pronounce any of the team's names. Um, but the team did go 3-1 and one in their four exhibition games. Uh, Krutwig had a really big part in all four of them. Uh, one was a blowout. The two wins, they won pretty pretty well. And then the, the one loss, I think, was, was pretty close. I think they lost by four, it looks like. Um, but I kind of went ahead and I looked at all the box scores. Um it looks like he played like 25 minutes a game again. Like I think that's out of 40. I want to say like, I think the max you could play is 40. Um, I don't know that for certain, but just kind of looking at the box score numbers, it's what it seems like. Um, it's four quarters. Um, so it seems like he was a big part of it. Um, he averaged 12 points and seven rebounds. Um, he had, uh, I think one game where he scored 17 and another game where he had 13 rebounds and, you know, scattered stat lines in between. Um, so he looks like he's, uh, he's, he's playing well. I don't know if you had a chance to look at any of those box scores or had any thoughts about Crutch so far. Yeah, I would say just it, it, the only thing was I was following on Twitter, their, their Twitter. I'm a huge fan that we follow them. Uh, not only did I love the the little what was it the pool day. I was gonna I, say that yeah. The pool day was great, and if you don't know it, please follow Antwerp Giants. Uh, they they're pretty great. But um, I think the biggest thing, yeah, it's like if you look at his stats, really, it's just I, I don't want to say it's typical, mm-hmm. but I would say it's just like oh okay, that's not something that I wouldn't expect. Again, I don't know. I I would love you know what I do need to watch a game, like one of the games. What I think he went two for seven. 
He yeah. Gold, and that was just the tough thing. I don't know where I would love. I like. I don't know. I can't speak right now if he's trying to do a fadeaway or if he's trying to do a hook. Like he's getting to the rim. Um. So that's the that's the one thing. I did nearly have a heart attack just for reference because the line above him said they want, the person went three for three from three, and I thought <laughs> he went three for three when I first read this, and I was like, oh yeah. no. Um. He that only got to the line twice, like, or he went once to the line and shot two. So that's the stuff. But again, the rebounds that was the biggest thing probably. Um, double, double digit rebounds is probably always the great thing. So I don't know. I don't know. Um, I need to know his team more to really say, because when you look at his stats, the, the field goal was just throwing me off in that one game. Um, but the 13 rebounds was something interesting. And then one of the other game, he went seven of 13. So it was 17 points. So it really just is a, is an interesting kind of probably way they play him. Because if you look at what the, the 17 points game, he only had five rebounds. Mm-hmm. So if I saw five rebounds, I'm like, come on, Cam, you're the, you're the, aren't you the big guy? So, um, but again, it's preseason. He's trying to figure out, this is the first time with the team. So it's interesting how one game is heavy rebound, one game is heavy points. So, um, but just a very, very typical Cameron Crowick stat line of he's trying to produce at multiple things. Um, I actually, did you happen to look at his assist? I That's one thing. Yeah, I, it was like kind of, there's one where it didn't say how many assists he had, but kind of, kind of Consistently like three or four, I think. Let's see. Yeah, I see a four here in one of them, yeah. Oh, he had three steals in a game. Oh. All right. Oh, Illinois game kind of coming just back. carrying that over. Yeah, it looks like the three box scores it shows is three, four, and three, like as for assists. So. Yep, I see three, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I did. have you seen any highlights? I was trying to – that was the one thing. No. That was the one thing. It was like I need to see if there's a YouTube out, YouTube page out there for Antwerp or just some. Again, it's preseason, so we know that not everyone is recording preseason stuff. I, I totally get that, but um, just as as giddy as we are to watch Cameron Crowley highlights, I would watch them every morning if I could. So, um, but yeah, no, I'm, I think it's exciting, right? Wouldn't you say like it's it's professional bas- basketball for Cameron? Um, mm-hmm. I know there was a tweet that potentially maybe he was just disappointed about any you know, summer league offers or something. Again, I'm not reading too much into the tweet, but just kind of stuff like that. But I think it's just great to see him out there playing at the at, an, at the level above college, and that's professional basketball, getting paid to it. And he's doing it pretty well right now in the preseason. So Yeah, I'm just really happy he's getting a lot of playing time. Like it, And I hope that keeps up. Uh, I saw they had like a few injuries or guys miss games or something. So oh, really? Okay. Yeah. But I have no idea if they're good or, you know, if they're just like extra. If they're the starters or something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, but it looks like he got consistent minutes and I just hope he continues to get consistent minutes going into the season, which I think starts, I had it pulled up earlier. It's like September. It's like mid September. I think I'll try to pull that up now. Um, yeah, September 24th. Okay, so they have a bit of off time. Uh, September 24th, 26th, 29th, and it uh, looks like they have a game pretty much every week after that until, uh, like, March, April? Yeah, April. So, um, so, yeah, they're getting going, and it's good to see our guy Cam. Hopefully, like you said, we can see some highlights sometime soon. Uh, if anyone knows of any, or, like, knows a YouTube page or Twitter or whatever, uh, let us know, and otherwise we're just going to keep looking for them. Um, but, yeah, so I think uh, I think that wraps up the, the portion on, on Crut, unless uh, you have anything to add. Just keep doing it, and even to be quite honest, we might even just reach out to you, Crut, just to say, hey, we really would like to watch some of your stuff. Where can we watch it? Do you know? 
Um, that would be great. And he has new merchandise. If oh, that's right. I need to get myself some of that, I think. Yeah, so. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, stay tuned. Maybe uh, maybe a giveaway later in the season. Who knows? I don't know. Don't quote me on that. But um, moving on, um, we, we have a little bit of recruiting news. Um, after last week's episode or two weeks ago's episode, uh, we had a lot of recruiting news with two guys signing. Uh, this week, um, we did miss out. We were in a top three for um, one of the bigs from uh, out of Minnesota. I think it's Joshua. Oh, man. Joshua Ola Joseph. That is his name. Um, he was deciding between us, uh, hometown guy uh, in, in Minnesota, University of Minnesota. And I think Clemson was the third one. Yeah, Clemson. Yeah, Minnesota, Clemson. Yeah. And uh, he did end up staying home and playing for Minnesota, which understandable. I get it. You know, uh, good for him. I uh, wish him wish him the best unless he plays us. And then I hope he turns in an Ofer game. Um, but so we did miss out on Joshua. The other uh, we did make another like top uh, list, and that is for Malik Dia. Uh, we made his top six. Um, pretty good list, uh, including. Three high majors, Marquette, Georgia, and Vanderbilt. And then really two, I would say, mid-majors that are great with us or maybe a step down in Murray State and Western Kentucky. Uh, both really successful programs last, you know, five, ten years. Um, and uh, I'm excited for this, for this dude. He is a four-star. Um, I actually don't know where he's from. I think he's international and then he moved here and is in, like, Florida maybe? I don't remember specifically, but he is like a kind of do it all forward type guy, uh, wing, ball handler, really long and lanky. Um, and uh, he's an exciting player. So we'll keep lookout for that. I think I saw he wants to decide like in November or so. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Lou, uh, any thoughts on either Malik Dia or on Joshua Ola Joseph? Yeah, the Joshua one was just kind of tough because I believe, if I recall, we got in there early. Like, we were one yeah. of the first few. Um, so, again, I, I guess it is there are some guys um, that just love staying kind of home, and that's totally fine. <laughs> Look at us. We love grabbing guys from the local mm-hmm. Chicagoland area, so I totally get it. Um, I think it was just tough just because we were we were getting there with the names, and you mentioned with this next guy. Uh, we were we were competing with good with big names. People knew the names, and people are knowing our names. So that's always great. So at one end, I'm I'm happy that he considered us. Um, and, and the other end, I'm upset we he didn't pick us. But you don't get everyone we offer, and that's the thing that's interesting. We're I'm noticing a big trend of Drew doing a little something different, which I'm gonna be a little biased. I kind of am a fan of this, but not afraid to offer more guys than we normally do. And I think that mm-hmm. was just something that the former coach. Um, Porter Moser didn't really do was offer a lot of guys. He offered only a few guys that he, we could really just focus on maybe, but I don't think offering more guys is not focused on them. Cause I'm a, I would be afraid personally sometimes where if you don't offer them, then they won't even think about you. So it's interesting. Um, but then again, is the next one. Um, I have one topic that I actually was just curious about recruiting, just kind of see mm-hmm. your take, but just seeing the name again, Murray state's an interesting one, very kind of, um, I comparable again, they have, they had one of the most recent superstars in the NBA come out of there. So that was amazing. Fine for them and their program going to the NCAA tournament. But the Marquette uh, kind of being there, I was wondering if we'd start maybe seeing now uh, a battle with Marquette and recruiting. 
mm-hmm. just because, again, new coach up there, a new well-known coach in Shaka Smart, um, and then as well as in our young coach as well at Drew. So uh, it was just interesting because I don't believe this kid um, is – is uh from anywhere chicagoland area. no i actually i figured it out he is from nashville that's okay i was gonna say tennessee earlier but i wasn't 100 percent sure mm-hmm. but um yeah no but malik i do believe um it's just interesting again the biggest name there is georgia uh georgia massive program compared to really and, and just because they're sec but again georgia right is that georgia or is that supposed to be grambling state actually now that oh I'm... that's a good question um i'm looking at his rivals page and it doesn't show either of those two schools so you know of course that's super helpful um that's a good question I actually, it looks uh, like georgia but I, I i could be wrong uh yeah so now i'm just gonna back but regardless and just really intrigued i saw marquette it triggered in my head this week I was like, hey, would we start seeing um, some kind of basketball recruiting little kind of competition? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's going to be then another point that I'm, I'm going to talk about in the scheduling. But excited for both offers. Again, we lost one now. Joshua, he just committed tonight to Minnesota. And in his tweet, he said he's 1,000% committed. And I was like, oh, well, there goes. No, not one single percent for us. But I think it was great that we're even considered in schools like Clemson and Minnesota. Those are top ACC program and Big Ten, so awesome that we're there. And then again is what um, with um, Malik here. It's like he's been offered by big schools. Like he's been offered mm-hmm. TCU, Nebraska, Vanderbilt, St. John's, Creighton. Uh, so it, people saw that he had talent. So it's his decision of who he's picking with. So now we're again we're going up against Vanderbilt, a team we've beaten recently, and then Marquette, who's too afraid to play, play us. So. Um, <laughs> But it's 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 always great now to be in these mix, right? Yeah. So um, that's what that's what I would say. Buck, you got anything more that you think? Yeah, I mean, to your question about like getting into a battle with Marquette, um, I do think so. Yeah, I think like it's especially possible now. You know, both private schools, they're both pretty similar size from what I from what I know. Um, you know, Marquette has had a lot of success. Like that's the one thing that I think is probably a little bit different. Like, yeah, we've won a national championship. Yeah, a Final Four, Sweet 16. But I, they've, I think they've won. Is it consistent success, you would say? Versus- yeah, because didn't they make, like, two Final Fours or Final Four and Elite Eight? Or I think they've had just, like, like yeah, more consistent success. Obviously, they're in the Big East. like So they have made it to more um, NCAA tournaments. Um, but, you know, give and take. Like, they're in, in Milwaukee – Loyola's in Chicago, right? So it's like, well, if you want a bigger city, then, you know, you, you get that. So I do yeah. think we'll start to see um, more competition uh, as far as, like, Marquette goes. Um, I'm trying to find out, who is their head coach right now? Shaka Smart. That's what I meant. Right. They just got oh, – yeah. yeah, okay. I didn't. I couldn't remember. They fired up. I would say the one point that's – the one thing you did – it's like they kind of have two big alumni. I would say that's kind of D. Wade, of course. Yeah. Um, and then Jimmy Butler – uh, but funny enough, just side note, Marquette, you, you went to the Final Four in 2003. That's great. Elite Eight was 2013, and they were in the Sweet 16 last time was 2013 as well. So they make the tournament pretty cons- – 2019, 2017, but then 2013. So, again, maybe that's the reason why Woj got fired. That would make sense. Yeah, again, yeah. not Woj, Adrian Wojowski from the NBA, but – uh, Steve Wojowski, um, from former Duke coach. But again, I, I would like to see again, us with Marquette kind of getting into a, getting into it with Marquette. That's what I yeah. would like to see. Well, let's, you know, let's start it off. I hope we can get 
Malik to come out to come over to our Rambler side and ditch uh, those Marquette. Uh, I don't even know Golden Eagles. That's what they are, the Golden Eagles. I don't even think and, I've seen an eagle up in Wisconsin, but that's just sound, me. That doesn't even sound real, but. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of the recruitment news up to this point. Um, we'll keep you all updated, obviously. Um, and like we said, Malik Dia, hopefully sometime in November. I'm sure we'll hear something before that. So um, the last thing we got here is our schedule, which <laughs> don't even get me started. Everyone they, listening, we apologize that we didn't realize that after probably what 30 minutes of us posting our episode, that nice. they would have released the schedule. So we apologize. Yeah, so we are going to break it down as best we can here. Um, it is just an unconference schedule up to this point. Um, conference will, I'm sure, is not that far away. Um, but I do think there's there's some interesting things here. Um, there's some good games. There's probably only, like, one game that I'm upset about, or maybe two. But um, overall, like, it's a, it's a really good schedule. What did you say, Lou? Like, what are your just kind of initial thoughts on it? We're playing every – correct me if I'm wrong here, but we're playing every Division One basketball Chicago school. I think that's correct. Uh, University, yeah, because University of Chicago does not have – Does not have D1. I, right. I think they have like maybe D3, but D1 school, yes. Yeah, yeah, I think that's so true. So that's an exciting thing. But, yeah, I think looking at it, um, one thing I'm intrigued is that there there is there, – there's kind of like – is it that it's Drew's first year schedule? Is it that we're coming off a of Sweet 16 so we couldn't get some bigger names? Mm-hmm. So we'll we'll talk about it. I don't know how where you want to start, but there, there's different kind of things I want to talk about. So yeah, let's just start at the beginning. We might as well start and just go chronological. Um, first game opening night, November 9th. Uh, I'm assuming Your favorite that's, team. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm assuming that's an evening game. Who knows? Um, but uh, is against Coppin State. Um, I, we've played them in the past. I'm trying to think of it. I think it's more than once. I think we played them like twice in the last three years, um, or four years. We did lose to them in 2019. Uh, that was a super heated game came down to the end. Um, I would say the refs were being pretty lenient (laughs) on some calls. Uh, but, uh, all in all, um, they're a solid basketball team. Um, and I think it'll be a pretty good, pretty good game. Um, Lou, what do you think about Coppin State? Yeah, um, I was not present for that intense game, uh, but I remember you detailing it quite well in the episode and as well in person to me. Um, I think it's a solid um, game to kind of start off with. We've played them before. Um, so, and I do think that I'm trying to pull it up here. So, yeah, they're in the MIAC. That's what I was looking for. But did they find. not – I thought. I swear I thought they – did they not win or um, – Like their regular season? I thought they won their regular season this year or they had – I thought really they did too. Um, yeah, so last year they were co-champions. That's right. Okay. Um, but Norfolk State won, um, won the uh, – went to the term. Yeah, so, okay, so. Well, that's another team we're going to play. Might as well, you know, brought it up. Might as well talk about it. Uh, we do play Norfolk State December 19th, again, at Gentile. Another MEAC, another, like, top team in that conference. Another um, team we have a history with. We've played Norfolk State before. Yeah. So. Yeah, 
that'll be I think a, a good game. I think these two teams will be. I think they'll test us in some ways. Like they're usually more athletic than we are. Like just straight up. Like uh, these teams, at least uh, Norfolk and Coppin State, when we played them, super athletic. Uh, we'll see if we can limit our turnovers and create turnovers of our own. That usually will tell the tale of those uh, kind of ball games. Um, but yeah, uh, moving on. Uh, one of the t- one of the games that just recently got added, which I was kind of pleasantly surprised about. Uh, November 13th at Gentile, Florida Gulf Coast University. Uh, we briefly talked about it on one of our past episodes. Um, you might remember them from their, um, I think, Sweet 16 run. They won two games um, and, as Dunk City. Um, I don't think they've done much since then. Yeah, no, we, we talked about it a little briefly about like a little news. Um, yeah, I, I don't think they've really done much. Um, but again, um, I, I think it's a, it's a name that people know, and that's the other thing as well. It's it's not a St. Francis of Illinois, right. uh, so I think that's the that's the other um, caveat to it. So yeah, it's an interesting team. Um, I don't think what was their record last year. So like the last they've they've won their conference. They last appearance in the NCAA tournament was four years ago, 2017. They went on a bit of a run where they won the. Um, where they've run won their sorry conference, so I don't know. It, it's a little interesting, but I'm excited and intrigued. I think it's always a good. It's a good name. It's a good game when the when people can recognize the team name as well. So mm-hmm. we'll we'll see. They have in addition. So they went to the Sweet 16 2013. They went to the NIT in 2014. Uh, they went back to the NCAA tournament 2016 2017, and they were in the NIT in 2018. So. Uh, and the one year in between that, they went to the CIT. So, I mean, they've, they've had playoff basketball. Um, like you said, uh, we recognize the name, and I think it'll be a good game, uh, unlike probably a lot of opponents we're going to play this year. So I think that's a, that's a good game. Um, next game, November 16th, Chicago State at Gentile. Um, not much to say, I don't think, about this one. We play them. This is uh, We played them last year. We'll play them again. They are perennially one of the worst Division One basketball teams, but they're in the city. It's an easy schedule, travel day um, for both teams, and I think it'll give us some stuff to work on. So. Um, yeah, and let's not forget, I'm pretty sure we were down at some point last year. Yes. So, sure. um, yeah, this, uh, this game wasn't fun at all to watch in the beginning. Uh, I remember texting you, Buck, very angry about mm-hmm. that so um but again it's like you said it's a local game that's how it is a tough thing uh, just for reference chicago state played nine games and then they called it after covid um i think definitely because it probably was costing them more to host games and cancel games and they had a covid issue so stuff like that didn't really help and again i also i don't think it helped that they went zero and nine so but i think it's kind of good that we play them it's a local and again Nothing comes easy, but I don't think uh, this game will be too stressor in the second half. The first half, we might make it stressful on us, and that's easily <laughs> what what we'll do. Um, but yeah. again, always great to play a local school and a Chicago school in, in, as well. That's true, yeah. Um, so then going on from there, we play our fourth game consecutively at Gentile Arena. That's November 20th. Uh, our opponent's going to be UIC. Glad to see that game back on the schedule. Um, 
UIC again, you know, very good opponent. Um, in the Horizon League, where we played uh, before Missouri Valley Conference, um, they have some really good teams in the Horizon League. So um, UIC, always a uh, formidable opponent. I'm sure it'll be a really good game. Uh, and another Chicago Division One team. Uh, Lou, what do you think? Yeah, so again, young staff there, right? Luke Yalich, uh, however properly pronounce it. Um, I think, what, a second or third season there. Um, they've done some interesting things um, from kind of recruiting. Uh, so I'm very intrigued to see how they all work out. I think guys are kind of sitting. Um, they have one of my favorite names. I don't know if you remember. We, we, we recruited him potentially, but Maurice Commander. Um, oh, no, I don't. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he was uh, this guy. We, he went to Curry in Chicago, Chattanooga. But uh, their team is kind of built of guys who have um, kind of a lot of college experience. Um, but uh, I think one of the biggest ones is Zion Griffin from Chicago, Iowa State. So, yeah, Luke Yelich is a young coach there, first-time head coach there. Really try to get that, very similar to Valpo, get Chicago guys to come back who have experience. So, I don't know, this is an interesting team overall. Um, I love this game, as always. I, I think – Playing UIC is great. I think they – nothing against Chicago State. They are, though, that next level above Chicago State. I would love Chicago State to get to this level, I, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, but last year, UIC kind of had a little bit of a hiccup. Um, I think that's just kind of – that was – I believe that was the coach's first year, Luke's first year. So COVID and everything, I really don't count that year as a full – Mm-hmm. Like if you had a bad year, I think that's just potentially because you didn't really maybe get all the what you wanted. But I'm excited. It's UIC. I think they always give us a good one, and I think it's always excited to get it back on the schedule because when when it's not in the schedule, it it just causes concern. And I'm like, I would love to always play them every year, which I I'm happy we do. Yep, me too. That's for sure. Uh, next game, we are going to be going to the Bahamas for three games. Uh, yep. So our first opening game. Is against Michigan State, and of course it is. Uh, yeah, they did this on purpose. I oh, was annoyed. 100%. John Rothstein did not tweet about this. Blew my mind. This is the most typical NCAA. It's Drew's not alma mater, but he first coaching gig, right? He was a G graduate assistant there. His brother went there. He knows the head coach there. Like, come on. I'm excited. I think we can yeah. freaking beat him. But that's just that's just my opinion. Um, I think uh, Cam Christie. Or Max Christie is about to get locked up by Lucas Williamson, but um, it, it's a great opponent, top talent team. Um, what made the tournament this past year? Right, it was 11 seed, right? Or they yeah. barely made it. For, forget it. They were on the bubble, um, yeah. so they've kind of had a weird last few years. Um, I think it's just because they haven't had like a solid super. They've had stars, but not like a number one overall draft pick or something like that, which not everyone needs. In my opinion, but again, just Michigan State, you kind of expect that flair. But again, legendary coach, so I'm excited. It's a great, great resume win right there. What do you say, Buck? I'm I'm excited for it. Like you said, um, I hope that like the game goes well. I hope it's super competitive. I hope it goes down to the last minute or whatever, because I hope that uh, these two teams can start a uh, like a, a game like between the two of them every season, or you know two of the next three or something like that. Uh, I would love to play them. Yeah. Porter did. So I think Porter had a schedule. So I just always remember this because Michigan state has played, we've played at Michigan state before. I think it was uh, maybe back in 2013, 2014, potentially I forget when, 
but I do believe it was the day it was like the day or day after Rick Majerus passed away. Oh wow! Because I, I remember, yeah, I remember watching um a, a, a Porter talk about um Porter talk about it in the press conference because they give it like a moment of silence, of course. So uh, really, really interesting. Um, but uh, yeah, I think we have played them in the past, so there is kind of a little connection right there. But again, mm-hmm. we have a le- legit coach to coach connection because the coached under him and everything so I, I would love to see this and i'm just gonna say it now since we brought up where the hell is wisconsin i would love that mm-hmm. back but i'd love to see this flourishing into something as well yeah me too i think it would be awesome so hopefully it's a good game and uh let's get her done for the for the seasons coming up uh after that we're either gonna play auburn or yukon i don't really want to get too much into like either or but both super solid teams both have had very um, uh, successful seasons. Auburn kind of more recently, uh, but UConn has as well in the 2010s. So um, both really impressive programs. Um, and then going from there, um, I just had to pull up. Oh, there it is. Uh, the other four teams in the tournament are Arizona State, Baylor, Syracuse, and VCU. Obviously, the big one there is Baylor coming off national championship. Um, would love to play them. Let's meet them in the championship. You know, let's, uh, we want, we want Baylor. So, um, I don't know, Lou, any of those other six teams that I mentioned, anyone do anything for you? We're the, we're kind of the, the small fry in that big name patch. That's what it is. And I'm excited to make damage into it. If we played Auburn most recently, the final four, UConn legendary program, won multiple national championships. And then really anyone there, they're, they're big name stages, big talents there. Um, Arizona State, we got a former coach there. Um, right. Baylor, Baylor will we'll have the national champion team. I don't know if majority, but we'll have a team that's been there. So it's a great tournament for us, and this type of caliber tournament just puts on a showcase to recruits and even current guys. Here's who you're playing when you come to Loyola Chicago. So. Yeah. Uh, speaking of um, intense sort of uh, games, we come right back, and we are off for about a week, a little more than a week, and we are going to be playing DePaul, and that will De be who? DePaul. Oh, uh, this yeah, is I still know. happening? You're, you're sure this is still happening? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Apparently, they they must have uh, returned our phone call finally. Um, I thought they blocked us and deleted our number, but... Uh, it seems as if this game is on. It was supposed to happen last year. That was uh, a, a rumored game, more than rumored. It was confirmed. Um, COVID happened. DePaul had a lot of COVID issues last year. Um, I think they only played like 15 games or something, something like that. But uh, this game is going to be at, is it Wintrust? I think it's Wintrust Arena. That's the yep. name of it. Wintrust, the- that's their, it's not by their campus, but it's downtown. I think it's like, it's right by McCormick Place. Right, right. So it's going to be at Wintrust. Um, I know I'm going to be there. Lou, I think you got your seat in the rafters. You had to pay a little extra because Wintrust, you know, it's a little bigger stadium. But They, they think they're fancy, but they're not. Yeah, they're not. They're not. Uh, but like you said, kind of like, um, uh, like seeing who we're going to play, all the connections, and uh, like some of the young guys like in high school um, prospects, like they're going to see this game. As I, you know, I think the two best teams in in the city of Chicago. I don't think there's really any question there. Um, you know, you could even throw Evanston into that mix, but I still think that Loyola and DePaul are better teams than Evanston because Evanston doesn't want doesn't want to play us, so uh, they don't even get a, to be a part of this conversation. Um, 
But uh, Javon Freeman Liberty is still there. Um, so that will be fun. Another matchup of Lucas Williamson and Javon Freeman Liberty. Um, and I did, um, did Marquise? Charlie Moore. Oh, sorry. No, Marquise I'm Jacob thinking... left. Yeah, Marquise Jacob. Yeah, I can yeah. tell you everyone. So I'll get into it. So DePaul, Jacob finally fired their coach. Um, Dave Ayeto or Lieto, um, finally fired him. Uh, then Charlie Moore left from the team. Marquise Jacobs, I'm pretty much certain is also not even on the roster anymore. So I'm going to say he left. Mm-hmm. Um, again, the biggest name is Javon Freeman Liberty because we know him from Valpo always had, we've beaten him except for of course the, the most important time would be beating him in Arch Madness. So he did have our number there, but always close games. there. great defensive player there. You can't deny that. Um, but I think the biggest thing to be honest with you, I'm just going to say it. This game might be the biggest game non-con in my opinion right now on our schedule mm-hmm. just for the fact that solely this might be a big recruiting game to bring Chicago mm-hmm. recruits to like DePaul might say hey come to our Loyola Chicago game and we might say hey come to our Loyola, come to our DePaul game for the sole fact of DePaul is fights and tries to grab recruits and we got two first year head coaches here trying to establish themselves in the Chicago land area I could easily see this being a big big game that has future ramifications um on it and so i'm just gonna say it uh i'm just gonna just say yeah he's probably this is probably the biggest game in non-con so far yeah i i i would say i i'm gonna go with michigan state being the biggest that's just because that's like kind of a homer pick and like uh i have personal beef with them that's a long story but um but yeah i i see i 100 percent agree with what you're saying like i think it's gonna be huge uh it's gonna be lots of fun and uh i think there's gonna be i i i'm not gonna say i hope for it but i think that it's just this might be a dirty game like i think these guys like have played a lot of them have played against each other um maybe i'm 100 percent wrong i can be wrong but um I, I think there's going to be a little extra a little extra grit on the floor on December 4th in Chicago. So um, moving on from that one, unless, Lou, you have anything else to add, I don't want to cut you off about DePaul. No, no we're, just for reference, we're going into where we will have pregame descriptions in way more detail later. Yes. We're not going to spend a, one episode talking about it every year. So, yeah. No, absolutely. Go right ahead. Uh, next game, definitely the biggest bummer, uh, Roosevelt. Uh, which is, I, I'm 99% sure is the Roosevelt that's in Chicago. There is a... No, this is them. Yeah, because there is no, a Roosevelt is that's, uh, I think it's an HBCU, unless I'm wrong. No, that's, never mind, never mind, never mind. Yep, yep, it's the one in Chicago. Um, yeah, they yeah. are not Division One. They are Division III. Um, so, definitely a bummer, but at least it's local. You don't have far to travel. I don't have anything else to say about it. This is the St. Francis of Illinois game as as um, normal. And to be honest with you, I, I can see why this – I'm just going to say it outright. I can see why this game is scheduled for the sole fact that what if we have a bad stretch here? Yeah. That's what it is, and that's totally understandable for the fact that, hey, this is where – if you look at where it placed, this is Drew saying, hey, we need to win this game, and it's like, okay, you have that winning mentality – you need to finish uh, the non-conference strong. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. So I think that's where that comes in because you have Vanderbilt then next, Norfolk State and Davidson. 
Like you can't let anything kind of get on. And again, as I don't, this is almost falls in Chicago state territory. You can't just like throw out nobodies. No, you got to get guy. This is where guys need playing time. But if like, if guys want need a rest, like, I don't know if someone might be coming off something, you can rest them maybe this game, mm-hmm. but this is where it's like, you try stuff out. You got to figure out how to find ways to win. And if it, this is where you try it out, that's where I just, this is kind of, it's, it's not a tune up game. I don't want people to say that. It's a game to try out everything that either has worked or not worked so far this season. This is that turning point where it's like, okay, hey, we go into conference play. Granted, conference play has one game starting early. We go into finishing non-con. This is that game, I think, and that's the sole reason why it's scheduled. Or unless someone told us to really F off, like Wisconsin and said, we're not yeah. going to schedule you. So that, that's what it is. It's local, like you said, so it's not going to be any stressor, to be honest with you. Um, so that, that's what it is. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, and then just the last three, like you mentioned, Vanderbilt, Norfolk State, Davidson, um, Vanderbilt, SEC team, uh, really happy to see this game on the schedule. I know they're not good in terms of like power five conferences, but they're still a power five conference team. They still get very good recruiting. Um, they still have a ton of money that goes into that program. So super excited to see that on the, on the schedule and a, a legitimate road test for them, which I am very excited to see. Uh, Lou, what, what do you got on Vanderbilt? Yeah, just the return game, I believe. Well, this was the Vegas game a few years ago. Um, so happy to see. I, I, I think their roster has got names that the guys have played. They are top talented guys. This is an SEC program. They get four-star, three-star recruits, so guys that we potentially would like to see. Um, also, I don't know if this is – this is probably after Malik will commit the game. But yeah. this could potentially be a turning point. I don't know. That's but. True. It's a big, it's a big name school. They just had a guy get drafted 14th overall, Aaron Naismith, to, um, so a few years ago. So pretty, pretty talented program um, that they're competing in a big conference. So I'm excited to see the all these last three games are almost either return or games we've we we've played before. So yeah, yeah, yeah we already talked about Norfolk State, um, yep. and and then uh, yeah, I mean Norfolk State is at home, so that's good. But then, yep. yeah, Davidson in Davidson, North Carolina, another road test. Um, honestly, like, I mean, well, okay, before we get into, like, how we think we're going to do. Uh, Davidson, super solid mid-major, uh, lots of success. Well, you know, pretty good success over the past few years. I mean, going back to um, Steph Curry, obviously. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, super solid team. We played them at Genteel. Yeah, you were at that game, now. right? I was I at that game. Yeah. yeah, it was it was a tough one. Our shots weren't falling and some dude off the bench for them scored like 22 points. It was really low scoring. Um, it was a great game and I expect it to be another really great game uh, come December 22nd in North Carolina. Uh, Lou, what do you think, Davidson? Yeah, um, haven't been uh, to uh, the tournament um, since 2018. <laughs> which is nothing wrong with that. They uh, they had a lot of consistency, of course, that kind of influences stuff there. Um, but I think th- this is a team that has beaten us. So um, that's 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 the thing. The coach has been there. I think he's been there what like 40 years nearly. So he knows the team. He has a system that seems to be working. So I'm excited. Um, and again, as you know what, this is a team where if we start having a series with them, that's they're, they're an 18-10 team. Uh, this is where I'm just gonna say after looking at the schedule. This is where I like having, oh, an A-10 team, yeah. a Big Ten team, an SEC team, so potentially a Big East team, like kind of stuff like that. Uh, or, sorry, we do have a Big East team in DePaul, 
uh, duh, yeah. and then we have UIC. Kind of, so we're grabbing teams from different conferences, which I like a lot, because then you, you get that mix of high-talent conferences teams or just a mid, kind of below major. Uh, so I'm excited for it, and that's what Davidson is. They're an A-10 team. They, they always compete with their conference. They're always a name that's always top three in their yeah. conference. Last year they were top three. The year before – they're, they're always there. So I think that's that's the exciting thing. Yeah, I mean, all in all, like, I, I really do like the schedule. Uh, I would say that one Roosevelt game is a bummer. Um, I would have liked literally any other Division One team, but I know that they sometimes like to schedule these uh, kind of for reasons that we talked about. Um, but I don't know. I kind of wanted to just, like, go th- – not go through, but, like, I, I've been thinking in my head, like, how do we, how do I think we're going to do in these 12 games? Um, and I've kind of worked it out. I think if we were to go nine and three, that's where I would say, okay, that was successful. Um, anything above that, more than I'm thinking, anything less than that, obviously, um, there's some work that needs to be done. Um, if you just kind of break it up into like sections, like the first four games, Coppin State, Florida Gulf Coast, Chicago State, UIC. I, I mean, a, a few of those could be close, but I, I really think we should go 4-0. Um, like, we're a very good team. We're returning a lot of seniors. Um, there's going to be some kinks for sure. We have some really talented freshmen, some really good transfers. So, for me, I I would really like to see 4-0 there. Um, I'm just going to keep going all the way through, and then, Lou, I'll let you jump in. Um, next four, we have our three tournament games, Michigan State, then either Auburn or UConn, and then to be determined – Honestly, if we're winning one of these games, I think that's great. I, I, that's not to say we can't win two or three, but these teams are just really talented. Um, and I hope we, we get out to a good start because I think, you know, after that, then you're playing the loser of the game before you. So if I had to pick one, I would love to, to see us knock off Michigan State. Um, and then from then on, you know, hopefully we can figure something out. And then I just really want to win that DePaul game. <laughs> If I'm if I'm being honest, like I if I if I could pick one game that we for surely win, I would love to see us to beat DePaul. Um, so in my head, two and two is successful in those four. And then the last four, um, I would love to see three and one. I think three and one is definitely possible. The Roosevelt game obviously should be a win. Um, and then you know Norfolk State should be a win. And then I I think we could take one of either Vanderbilt or Davidson. And um, yeah, so for me, nine and three success. Um, what about you, Lou? What are you, what are you thinking? Yeah, I, I think um, I would really hope go 4-0 uh, before we head to the Bahamas. I think that's um, possible. I don't think it's uh, something that can happen. Um, I think potentially Compensate has had our number before, so I can easily see that. And then UIC, potentially, I would say, just because they've had now a year under their belts, so the coach second year, I can see, especially coming out of COVID, more time to practice and all that. Um, but I really think 4-0 is possible and more more likely there. That's what I'm going with. Uh, I really think we can get one win. I don't know where it will happen. I think every team is so talented. We're talented that the one win could happen in any spot the next three games uh, that we would have during the Bahamas. I, I do see at least one loss. It's that middle. It's that one of the, the third game. I think we could win or lose, and I, I really do see us going two and one or uh, one and two, just because I don't see us going three and zero. If we go three and zero, this team is 
really something interesting. To yeah, it's like a top ten team. If we go ten and all, or ten and all, if we if we win all three of those games, like no joke, like we're a top ten team, and I don't think that's legitimate. Because again, then I'll slide slide into the next one. It would break my heart that we would go seven and zero and then lose at the Paul game. Like I would, my I wouldn't. I'm not gonna sit here and be like, oh, one and two and winning the Paul game means nothing. No. One and two, and then winning the DePaul game means a lot to me right now. The DePaul game's a lot. I think it means a lot for Chicago recruiting, uh, just because guys go from La Lumiere go there. Uh, so stuff like that, just Javon Freeman Liberty, just other guys, Charlie Moore, Marquise Jacobs, just guys who are coming from Chicago think of only DePaul. Now they have to think of Loyola. Um, so yeah, and then uh, Roosevelt, I, I would I would hope I don't see anything besides a win. Uh, Vanderbilt, Norfolk, St. Davidson. That's where I think Vanderbilt has to be a win. It's the same head coach, same kind of style. Drew was there for the Vanderbilt win last time. Norfolk State should be a win. I don't think they've had us close. Davidson could be, I think, a tricky loss uh, just because they have beaten us before. It's the same head coach. Um, I think it it might be just a, the coach knows the system well, and it's at Davidson. So that's the one that I think would be an issue. The Vanderbilt, even though people might say, well, that's a way too. We played them in Vegas last time. I don't think there was that many Loyola fans in Vegas. Yeah. Could be. But I think the that one wouldn't surprise me. It's the Davidson one would be a loss, potentially. So, um, yeah, DePaul all the way for me. That's the most important game on this non-conference schedule so far. Um but every game's important. Every game depend. This is how you set the tone for the rest of the season. So yeah. Yeah. Um, all in all, like really good uh, twelve games here. Um, I do think I read something, and I can't find it, of course, now. But like that, there is gonna be one conference game that's supposed to be. I think December second, I, I believe. Is it the second? Okay. Because the the openings to me look like, yeah, either December 2nd or like between the 10th and the 19th of December. That would be because that's nine days and it's not a holiday or anything. So I don't know. Um, We're going to have to wait and see when that happens. But um, I I don't we'll cross that bridge when we get there because I got to unpack some feelings about that um, (laughs) when that happens. So, yeah. but yeah, a, a great 12 games, um, some really great opponents. It's going to be fun seeing our guys back on the floor again. Um, make sure uh, get your season tickets if you haven't already. There is an updated COVID policy. Um, they are recommending that everyone is vaccinated. Um, uh, but otherwise, uh, any indoor events, you are going to be having to wear a mask inside. So that's the same for everyone. Um Make sure to get your school spirit masks out um, and ready to wear. Uh, I'm going to be vaxxed and masked uh, and watching our Loyola Ramblers hopefully earn some W's on the court this year. Um, yeah, so uh, I think uh, I think that's going to do it. Lou, I don't know if you have any other any thoughts um, about anything we talked about today. Just excited to have a schedule, non-conference schedule. We know that the – uh, conference schedule will be very similar to what it's always been. Just, I think the biggest thing with the conference schedule, people are going to say, well, what is the big deal? It'd be when we probably play Drake, when we probably play um, just because last year we played them back to back. So we're probably mm-hmm. not going to do that anymore. Uh, we're probably going to have one game Wednesday and it'd be a different team on Saturday. There's no back to back and it's not going to be within a day. <laughs> so we will yeah. have a little bit more time to breathe, more time to scout what we messed up on, what we did well. 
So I think those are the biggest things coming forward. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, lots to look forward to. Um, all right. Well, that is going to do it here at Podcast 63 from Buck and Lou. Thank you all for listening. And don't forget, always remember, go Blairs.